Hey, my friends, welcome back. This is your man, Mike D. Hey, I'm coming to you today with some um, emotional literacy information. We're going to talk a little bit about emotional literacy. Many different forms of abuse have been known to take place within relationships. Some people think that just because the abuse is not physical, it isn't a problem. However, other forms of abuse can end up being much more damaging to the victim's mental health. Emotional and psychological abuse are both quite distinct from physical abuse, and although they do not leave physical marks, they can be just as destructive. Emotional literacy is the key to unlocking the emotional abuse many suffer. The hidden wounds of emotional abuse is devastating to relationships. With emotional literacy, that knowledge you can better understand you and share intimately with your mate. I want to share emotional literacy with you to assist your healing process. Let's begin. Most of us have trouble at some point or another finding just the right words to say what we mean. We say too much or we say too little. We say a part of what we mean and leave out the other parts. We get lost in over-explanation or we reduce our communication to few words to get our point across. The more emotionally lading the material, the harder it is to communicate. This especially as it relates to men. Why? Because men aren't necessarily in contact with their emotions unless it revolves around anger and aggression most of the time. Men will settle differences with threats of violence, danger, aggression, and anger, and fightings. Right? How do we ask for a raise? Say we're hurt, express anger, or describe subtle interstate. Not just men here, but women and children alike. Emotional literacy is the ability to convert feelings into words. Let me say that again. Emotional literacy is the ability to convert feelings into words. To decode our inner world through the use of words. At this core, it gives us the ability to talk out rather than act out our feelings. Each of us has an emotional experience that is unique to us. In order for inner harmony to prevail, we need to understand ourselves. In particular, we need to know what it is that makes us happy, frustrated, sad, or content, and what motivates us in a way that we will have, say, staying power and allow us to actualize our own unique gifts and talents. Trauma and addiction can interfere with emotional literacy by blocking access to our internal world. Fight, flight, freeze, ranging, disassociation, shutting down, or self-medicating are all designed to numb the effects of our emotional reaction to block us from feeling our feelings. We've all heard the term, hurt people, hurt people, right? There are four stages in translating feelings into words and communication. Sometime when there has been trauma, it can take years to identify internal states and bring them into literacy. Other times, it happens in a few seconds. And so the four stages are developing an internal map, labeling it, explore the meaning and function within yourself, and choose whether or not to communicate your inner state to another person. Emotional literacy is the cornerstone to good relationships. It is generally accepted that meaningful communications is central to successful intimacy. Emotional literacy provides content for that communication. Without it, communication is vague and doesn't go anywhere. 
People who are emotional illiterate cannot tell how or why they feel the way they do. They give classic grunts or groans or um, the monosyllabic answers such as, I don't know, or just because, even because I do, and a plethora of other dead-end communicate are the results of illiteracy. Trauma and addiction exacerbates this condition. Those who have been traumatized cannot decode their inner world or understand, label, and communicate what is going on inside of them. And because they don't have their own codified emotional world as a blueprint, because they are in the dark about themselves, they are unable to understand another person. Right? What really complicates this, however, is that they generally don't know that they don't know. Consequently, they may perceive probing questions are threatening or intrusive, uh, pestering or mean-spirited. When asked a direct questions about their emotional world, they can feel defensive, criticized, or being short. Sitting with and feeling what we're feeling is obviously necessary for any sort of understanding of our inner world to take place. Though sitting with all of our feelings is clearly the obvious and necessary first step of helping ourselves to grow, it's amazing how many of us can not do it. When we see the solution to relationship problems is changing, fixing, or replacing the other person, we are missing one of the critical points of emotional literacy. That is the fact that we can only hope to have mastery over our own inner world and that in order to have emotional literacy, then we have a chance at the emotional literate communication. Until we can clearly feel and decode our own inner world, communicating it well rarely happens. When we are lost in and overwhelmed by our own internal going-ons, we are equally lost in and overwhelmed by communicating in a partnership. So how do we correct emotional illiteracy? One must sit down with themselves and tune into their own feelings first. What does that mean? Feel the fullness of the emotion. In order to do this, one needs to accept the feeling as his or her own and at the same time keep an open mind so that when one checks it out with his or her partner, their mind won't already be made up as to what the partner is feeling. The one can name their inner state, I am feeling ignored, right? And then deal with that feeling or deal with that internal world feeling. Second, Connect the label to the internal state. Maybe the feeling of being ignored isn't only about one person. It's about both equally. You very well may be being ignored, but why are you reacting to it so strongly? Why am I feeling so defensive and isolated? What's getting triggered? What's being ignored or covered up? Then one will need to decide why they are feeling this way. We know that thoughts are powerful. The Bible says... Think on these things. Let me give you a clearer picture in Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your requests known to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. He says, finally, whatsoever is true, 
whatsoever is honorable, worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and bring peace, whatever is admirable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. In other words, continually center your mind on them and plant them in your heart. It says the things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace and well-being will be with you. And number three, understand the meaning or function within them. Maybe one feels ignored because one feels less productive and creative than their partner and one is a little jealous. Maybe one is worried that their partner will judge them. Maybe I'm saying no when I want to say yes, but I'm too afraid of rejection or risk saying yes. Am I making nice, nice to someone because I truly want to throttle them and I'm afraid of the power of my own feeling and its possible consequences? Am I saying something doesn't matter a bit to cover up, even to myself, how hurt I feel? Am I using psychological defenses such as denial or projection to keep myself from knowing what is truly going on inside of me? The meaning we make out of something depends on many things. How old are we? How do we already see ourselves? Do we have someone to talk things over with and check out our perceptions? Or are we isolated, locked in our own point of view? What is our state of mind and life circumstances at the time of a particular incident? Is there a power imbalance in that situation? Say child, parent, boss, or worker, tall or short, big or small. Are we a man or a woman, gay or straight, young or old? Understanding meanings is complicated, and no cookie-cutter approach can do any individual justice. Understand the functions that a particular behavior or way of thinking has within its self-system requires individual reflection. That's not to say that there won't be central themes that unite many, but each of us needs to explore and decode our own meaning and functions in order to be true to ourselves and in order to attain an emotional literacy that we can wear with comfort. And number four, communicate our inner state to another person. At this point, we have a choice. We have the information. We know enough about what's going on inside of us so that we can choose what to do with it. Relationship is critical to health and well-being. So part of emotional literacy is what happens on the inside and part is what happens on the outside. It isn't only clarity within ourselves about what we are feeling and the meaning and the function it has for us. For emotional literacy involves the ability to share the information with others if we choose to, to decide when and with whom such sharing is necessary and appropriate, and to engage in back-and-forth communication. It can take courage to communicate honestly with another person, but if you pass through the stages of emotional literacy, communication can be done in a compassionate manner rather than dumping in order to get rid of the feeling at another person's expense, right? which in some relationships it is key to allow the other person to dump information if they necessarily need to, right? Dumping is not a bad thing, but communicating is better. This informed ability to choose gives us a great deal of power and self-confidence. So what does choice mean or choosing to share our inner state to another person? 
it means that we can talk out rather than act out, right? That we can decide whether communicating our feelings will help our cause or hurt it. That we can decide how much to communicate according to our own needs and according to a realistic assessment of who we are talking to and what we are talking about. That we can figure out our most effective mode of communication. That we can do what is truly in our own best interest instead of what we may feel like doing in the heated state of an emotional arousal. That we can deepen understanding communications and intimacy with another person. Okay? And that is especially needed within a a marriage or a budding marriage to have all of those choices available, right? But it all starts with emotional literacy. And check this out. As a society, we really don't understand the emotional literacy is a learned skill. We are not born emotional literate any more than we are born knowing how to read. In fact, we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We need to be taught about our inner world in just the same way that we need to be taught about our outer world. And so we need to understand that the feeling that I am experiencing right now is called frustration, and it can lead to anger and rash actions. By understanding that problem, the solution may present itself naturally. Normally, each age has its own development of task in acquiring emotional literacy. Ideally, as children grow, they will be encouraged to feel and label their feelings and practice the stages of emotional literacy. However, children who grow up with trauma and addiction are not given the opportunity for such practices. Quite the opposite. So an important part of recovery needs to be guidance, encouragement, and practice in developing the skills of emotional literacy. Now I'm bringing it to adulthood, right? Emotional literacy and intimacy. Emotional literacy is the cornerstone of good relationship. It is generally accepted that meaningful communication is central to successful intimacy. Emotional literacy provides the content for the communication. Without it, communication is vague and doesn't go anywhere. When you're engaged in a conflict, talking or yelling on top of each other, neither one is hearing the other. The more You don't listen to each other, the more unheard each of them feel, and the more defensive they become. Soon, they are agitated, aggravated. They are exaggerating their hurts in order to get their points across because each of you guys are stonewalling. In this scenario, nothing gets resolved. So if we had to correct this scenario, right, what would one do first? First, one would sit down with themselves. Tune into your own feelings, guys. Try to figure out what's getting triggered, what's being ignored or covered up. Then you'll need to decide why you're feeling this way. There may be some anxiety and some worry. Whatever it is, you have to figure it out. And then we have to connect and label the internal state and then understand the meaning and the function within them. Once you label it, understand the meaning and the function of it, then you have to communicate, right, your inner state to someone else. Why am I feeling this way? What's going on here? And then to be able to communicate that to someone else. Once you understand the meaning and the function of the feelings within, you know, that self-system, you are free to what? Choose or not to choose to communicate that to another person. And this is key too. Still another possibility is for a couple after going through this internal process to risk feelings vulnerable and communicate their feelings to each other. This is not easy. It brings up fear of rejection or looking weak. But ultimately, when couples do this, they generally can come closer together 
and feel safer and more trusting rather than driving each other away. It is best to focus on communicating your own feeling and your feelings about the feelings or its personal meaning to you without assuming that you know what your partner is feeling. Listen as your partner communicates his or her feelings and personal meaning, then work toward mutual acceptance and understanding. Notice I didn't say agreement. Emotional literacy is not just agreeing. We can understand our partners without agreeing with everything they say. On the opposite spectrum, though, emotional illiteracy is agreeing to something that you don't want to agree to just for the sake of, quote unquote, arguing or uh, disagreements. Fussing in order to avoid dissension is not closeness. Fussing leads to a loss of a sense of self in both partners. Fussing is the opposite of distant withdrawal. Neither tactic brings a couple closer together. And so together, we can use steps of emotional literacy to work our way through our hurt and angry feelings into a better place. Mutually, we reflect on the emotions behind the blow-up and name them. Together, we can sort out the meaning that we're making out of our feelings. We share our more vulnerable sides with each other, okay? Which does what? It has us to feel better through sharing and opening up by receiving understanding and support. In this way, you know, we can deepen um, the empathy for each other while retaining a sense of autonomy and selfhood, which, of course, deepens intimacy. So check it out, guys. We all have fantasies of the perfect partner who has no insecurities and frustrations, but there is no such person to come along and save us. Listen, women are always talking about I'm waiting for the right one. What is the right one? Or should I say, who is the right one. And then when you ask the question, they always say, we'll know when they get here or we'll know or women's intuition will show. Okay. Listen to a partner's insecurities and be hard. But in the long run, it is better to accept each other as flawed and love and be loved. Warts, issues, insecurities, and all. Emotional literacy is a learned process. Emotional literacy provides the skills necessary for the victim of trauma to learn to negotiate issues with another person. It's called grace. And as I get ready to close this thing, guys, I want us to understand that emotional literacy offers a way to understand our responses to all of the various situations that life inevitably confronts us with, right? It gives us the skills to get the most out of ourselves, our relationships, and our careers too. And just when we think we got it all figured out, it changes again. How? We retire, our children leave the nest, we become grandparents, we meet the final years of our lives, but emotional literacy is there to help us figure it out all over again. Keeping us young, fresh, and ready for life in the next chapter in our lives. Emotional literacy is the ability to convert feelings into words. Hope something we said here, guys, that will encourage you. Take care. Until the next time, Mike D. And we're out.